because I'm that kid that calls the parents every every couple of days. I said, I think I'm gonna start my business. You know, this started at the time it was gonna be a hobby, you know, because I was the family dessert person. So I think I'm doing, gonna do cupcakes and stuff and, and cakes and things like that. And my mom's like, oh, well, I'm quite sure whatever you do, you're gonna be successful. That's how you are. And then she passed like three weeks later. My whole world changed, My had a new normal as Colonel Gaston um, said so eloquently, you, you, you encounter a new normal. I decided to, you know, incorporate my business and I named it after my mom as an eternal tribute to her memory and her legacy. And so that's where Miss Joe's Petite Sweet was born. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm actor and activist, Melissa Fitzgerald. This podcast will bring you into the lives of United States veterans and guide you along on their journey from private citizen to service to entrepreneur. You'll learn from these men and women how they handled the trials and tribulations of service and how they applied those same lessons to new ventures when they left the military and tried their hands at business. I hope these journeys inspire you to push yourself further, believe in your goals, and maybe find your own mission. Thank you to our friends at WeWork, Veterans in Residence, a WeWork and Bunker Labs partnership. Veterans in Residence is a highly selective six-month startup incubator and leadership program. It provides veteran and military family member entrepreneurs the community, business support, and workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. Find your tribe. Create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans, that is we.co slash veterans, or click on the link in the show notes. Also, thank you to our friends at Dell Small Business. Hello? Erin had only done small events. Weddings, parties, things like that. Her business was, well, basically just her in a commercial kitchen. So we'll need 2,000 samples for the day of the event, the voice on the other end of the line told her. Do you think you can make that work? This was the moment Erin had been waiting for. But it's also the one she feared the most. She knew her business could either thrive or it could die. Back at Alcorn State, Erin was a chemistry major on the pre-med track and staying active with the NAACP chapter on campus. She thought she knew what her life would look like. But then the faculty advisor of the NAACP changed the course of Erin's life with just a few words. I like your leadership style, he said. You should think about joining the ROTC. Erin listened to him. And from that point on, there was no looking back. She commissioned as an Army second lieutenant based at Fort Hood, and then became one of the first female mechanized smoke platoon leaders in the 1st Cavalry Division. There was a lot of adversity as Erin blazed the trail for the women who would follow her. And as she continued to rise, she also continued to observe and learn from those around her. She took lessons from both the good leaders and the ineffective leaders 
and crafted her own leadership style. I think um, not surrounding yourself by people that say yes who agree with everything you do. I think that's just a recipe for disaster. I've had leaders that wanted that, and I wasn't that person because things like that can get you into trouble, jail. You know, you can do time for that. And so as a leader, I always wanted to surround myself by people, not yes people, but people that were smart in their respective fields and who would tell me the truth. You know, if I asked you a question, I wanted to hear your answer. I didn't want you to give me the answer that you thought I wanted to hear. And so uh, for me, uh, being accessible as a leader, not being so reactive, I've had leaders that you tell them something, particularly bad news, then you had to do it, but just provide them a fact and they would just go off the handle. And what it led to was people not wanting to tell you the truth about things. So I didn't want to, as we call it, kill a messenger. So I wanted to be approachable to uh, deal with things in a non-reactive way and listen, listen to you know your subordinates. They, they bring a lot to the table. Aaron spent more than 24 years in the army, rising in the ranks. But after so long in the military, she was ready for something brand new. She was eager to start her second act, and she knew exactly what she wanted to do. In her family, Erin was known as the baker. She always came to family functions with some sweets in tow. So when her retirement was about to become official, she called her parents to tell them that she was going to start her own bakery. Her mom gave her encouragement, which made Erin feel like she was on the top of the world. Her mom was her ally and biggest supporter. But three weeks later, when Aaron's mom passed away, Aaron was devastated. After a grieving period, Aaron rebounded and took the next step forward. She founded her company and named it Ms. Joe's Petite Sweets, a tribute to her mother. Erin was excited to get her business going, and she wanted to put the pedal to the metal and grow, grow, grow. But she resisted the urge. Instead, she enrolled in pastry school and did her research on the industry. She took small jobs and proved to everyone watching that she could run a business. She had success with her smaller jobs and was ready to scale and test her limits. But she was secretly terrified. What would keep me up at night was that one job that required more than I was capable of putting out. The big event, like, hey, uh, we have a conference, we need 2,000 of this, so or we need, you know. And so that would keep me up at night, and I, I felt that I, I wanted to scale fashion and I wanted to because I wanted to keep up with my competitors. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, let me be smart about it. Because just this year, I, I've hired people. I would hire people before then to help with my larger projects. But, you know, what would keep me up at night would be that one call. Like, hey, Aaron, we need you to do this. And it's like, how do I do it? Aaron Roth got the call for the job she was most scared of. And coming up, you'll hear from her on how she responded, plus what she's working on now at Ms. Joe's Sweet Petites. 
To succeed in small business, you need technology that runs efficiently. When you partner with a Dell Small Business Technology Advisor, you get advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored productivity solutions, including computers with Intel Core processors, servers, storage, networking, plus thousands of top-brand electronics, accessories, and software. It's how they help your small business make the most of every moment. To speak with an advisor today, call 877-BY-DELL. That's 877-BY-DELL. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And we have on the other line, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Aaron Roth. I'm the uh, founder, owner, and executive pastry chef of Miss Joe's Petite Sweets. When you retired, what was your goal for yourself? You'd had a long career already. Um, what were you hoping to achieve in your next act? I started my business before I retired. I had talked to the retirement counselor, and he was like, you know, hey, if you start your own business, you know, there's a lot of resources out there for veteran business. And I was like, really? And so I researched that. And so, well, you know, and I said, well, I had talked to my mom and dad. And I said, hey, mom, dad, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to drop my retirement. It was like November of um, 15, 2015. That was a rough time. And so about February of 16, again, it was just supposed to be a hobby. But my mom's famous, one of her famous quotes, and she had meaning was, if you want to hear a guy laugh, tell him your plan. And so <laughs> I went to pastry school, and that really opened up so many more avenues. I did a boosted business, the Cornell EBD program. I did dog tag uh, fellowship program, and I'm currently just graduated from the WeWork Veterans and Residence program. So, yes, we are, as I call it now, I'm, I'm building an empire. We are more than cupcakes. We do wedding cakes, and we do corporate catering now. We're going to do a couple of um, product lines fall, spring, or we're going to do uh, Miss Joe's Jams, Jellies, and Relishes, and we're going to do a kitchen apparel line. So, so now I call it building my empire. After the passing of your mother, how has throwing yourself into a business, getting all this new kind of experience, has that been part of the healing process for you? It was. I would give up my entire business right now to have my mom back. But for me, it was how to deal with my grief. It was. It gave me something to do. My grandmother, my dad's mother, used to always say, an idle mind is a devil's workshop, a devil's playground. And so I find that keeping myself busy, I didn't have time to... I'm not going to say wallow in my grief, but it's like, you know, my mother was more than just the day she died, you know. And so it just helped me to to deal with it better. And it's still painful, you know, because you see people with their mothers and it's like, wow, I wish my mom was here. So, but, you know, it's a process, but I'm grateful for it. And the world knows about my mom because we had the prime minister of Australia come by and visit an event Saturday um, that I catered. And uh, so I got a chance to tell him and his wife about my mom. So my mom is global now. So, and my siblings, they love it. They love the idea that there's a business after my mom. So they're very supportive of me and they're always encouraging and whatever I need, you know. So, yeah. So for the family, it's like, it's a healing. And now the youngest granddaughter, she's in the thing, eighth grade now. Her her dream now is to be a culinary entrepreneur to when they take over the business. So, yeah. So my mom's legacy would be forever. So, yeah, it's, it helps. When you're first starting out, 
What were some of the early hurdles that you had to jump through? So initially, I tell people, you can have, they call it analysis paralysis. And that's like, should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? And so you have to sit down and, and just determine, okay, what are your pros and cons? And if the pros outweigh the cons, then yes, you know, for me, you know, I'm currently divorced. So as my uncle was saying, when I eat, my family's fed. So I only had me to worry about when making a big business decision. But people who have families, like, you have to research and see what's best for you. And so for me, I researched and I, I knew that I did not want to incur a $1.5 million debt, which is what you would incur opening a restaurant or whatever. And so I think one of my options, I researched commercial kitchens where I could be vetted through the you know health department and grow my business. So I found a culinary incubator commercial kitchen because not all commercial kitchens are culinary incubators. And so I, I researched a lot of the ones in the areas and I went with Frontier Kitchen and um, it's been a great, great partnership because they want to see you succeed, help you grow your business, they give you great resources. So for me, that helped and it helped offset the cost of starting a business. So um, it's been great. But I would say, you know, research, know what you want to do. And then know your worth. People have a tendency to want you because you are a small business. They want you to give them a discount on things. And then it just became to the point, I want to just switch from business to consumer and go business to business. But, you know, you have to know what your worth is and realize your time is valuable. And then you have to get the training you need. You know, there's so many, there's a lot of free to low uh, cost training seminars out there with SCORE, SBA. There's so many things out there. For veteran business owners, we have a plethora of things. We have the IVMF, the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. They have great programs. So you have to realize you don't know everything and you have to find the information to become smarter and make better decisions. Business is hard enough as is. Was anything overwhelming to you or was the research process part of the way to kind of fight through or break through that overwhelming feeling? It wasn't overwhelming for me initially because, as I mentioned earlier, the Frontier Kitchen covered a lot of that, and it gave me time to see their operations and deal with equipment. So, granted, I thank God for that experience with them on that, but I would say that I'm glad that I scaled. I have scaled at the level that I have been. I have I've not grown too fast. Um, because you have to have processes in place and systems in place. And in being a small business owner, when you first start, you don't have to deal with payroll and things like that. And maybe that's a good thing because you can grow into that. But for me now, I can deal with that payroll and, you know, make sure I got debtors in place. But other than that, you know, it's, it's an evolving, evolving process. If you're the same entrepreneur you were when you started, then you're not growing. Did you ever get that call where you were paralyzed? Yes, I. it worked out great. I That's when I started doing my surge. I would hire people temporarily for surge help. But I was in the National Harbor Food and Wine Festival about two years ago. And um, and I was on a VIP peer, which means I didn't have to pay for the booth. They pretty much paid me to uh, give away my samples. However, you had to provide 2,000 samples of two to four ounces. That's a sample size. So I'm like, oh God. And so that's the time of the event. You can't wait till the day before. So then I'm calculating trays and ovens, turns and ovens. I'm calculating massive quantities of flour, sugar, you know, eggs, butter. So yeah, it's 
that was the call I got. And it made me realize that I need to get more systems in place. But but we did really well. Uh, got a lot of business from that. And uh, people were very pleased with our product. And it was it was a great day. It was a scary, you know, up to that, what I would do is because I did cup, I did mini cupcakes. And so, so I had to freeze like thousands of cupcakes beforehand and I just frosted the day up. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was that call. I'm glad I got it, but it prepared me for the future call. So yes, it worked out great. They asked the kids, well, how do you eat an elephant? Well, how do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. So any any big project I do, you do it one bit at a time. And the, and I would say the military prepared me for that, you know, with I, you know, learning how to write operational orders and process the SOPs and standards and stuff. So that aspect is very is very helpful for business. So yeah, that's how I learned how to do this kind of projects one bite at a time. What was your first big win, or the day where you felt this could really work, or I could be successful at this? You know, I would say it was that one because up to that point, I was doing small events and small, just like like weddings. I was doing uh, baby showers, and and those are easy to do. But when I got through that one, that sort of like solidified me. I mean, the first time somebody put my bit my logo on their website, I was on their website. I was on their social media stuff. So it was like. It was the Eat, Drink, Relax group that does a lot of the food shows in the Northeast region, pretty much through the United States. And so to be validated by them, you know, it was like, because not everybody can get on the VIP period, you know. And so I felt I was the only, I was the smallest small business on that pier. And, but, you know, I stood shoulder to shoulder with the big dog, as they say. And, you know, that they were like, okay, I'm here. I, I'm here. I can do this. So, yeah, that was. That was my first event to realize, hey, I got this. How would you compare being in the startup stage versus being in the growth stage in terms of, you know, workload, um, how you've grown since starting, and, and where do you want the business to go? I would say with the startup stage, that's where you probably make your most mistakes because you don't know what you don't know. And I made, you know, we all make mistakes. For me, I can I can almost name them, <laughs> number them. But um, for one, you know, don't do free stuff for everybody. Nobody, everybody doesn't deserve free stuff. Pick and choose who you want to give your time to in that arena. Also, too, not every system, not every good gadget is what you need for your business. I signed up for stuff on Instagram and Twitter, well, social media that I really didn't really need. And so, you know, because I, I wasn't at that phase of my business at the point. And so I wasn't, it's probably more so for now. I paid for a CRM that I, I really didn't use. So lessons learned, like you don't need everything. And write your business plan sooner rather than later. I finished mine when I was at Dog Tag Fellowship Program, which I'm so glad I did. But but now, all things I've gone through in my startup stage, it sort of like makes my growth stage a lot easier because I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And I know how much I'm worth. I've had people, you know, before I, I, uh, I was in my pastry school and I was still running my business full time. And I remember this bride, Bridezilla. And so I gave her my calls for my cakes, and which are not, I've increased it since then, you know. And so she was like, well, that's a lot. Of, and people tell you how to do your design. Well, I'm only doing buttercream. It's not funny. Isn't funny cheaper? And, you know, I'm sitting here like, why am I wasting my time with this woman? Because at the end of the day, this is only going to be a $350 cake. And so 
yeah, let's learn. But now I know my time is valuable. And so I tell people up front what my starting prices on my cakes are. So we can, it can determine the rest of the conversation. Because what I won't do is nickel and dime people for their money for my product. Because you're going to get a great product. It's going to be above whatever you want it. And so I think we need to know what our worth, what our worth is, what, what your value is. And so, but for the golf stage now, oh, we roll, we rocking and rolling. We are, we're going to be opening our brick and mortar here in Alexandria in the next couple of months. How did you get linked up with the Veterans and Residence Program? What did that do for you, your career, your company? Um, and, and how did you get introduced to Bunker Labs? Oh, well, first of all, it gives you validity. I mean, first of all, we work Bunker Labs. I mean, you're talking about huge companies. You know, these are not your fly-by-night, you know, oh, we just started, we want you to come. No, these are very valuable companies, and uh, they validate your company. I feel they validated mine. But just the access to resources, the networking that they, and what they do to support your business is phenomenal. I mean, the Bucks Labs we were thinking I was on Good Morning Washington, you know? I mean, you know, it's like, wow. You know, it's like, it's just crazy, you know? You know, Bucker Labs was the reason I got to see the, the Australian Prime Minister this past Saturday, you know? And just Bucker Labs was the reason I, we got a free booth space in the MIC uh, Military Influencer Conference, D.C. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, that validates you because people see you at these events, at these conferences, on TV, like, oh, wow, they're up and coming. Okay, I need to keep my eye on this company. So it definitely validates you. It, it, you know, shows the world, hey, I'm here to stay. If you could boil down some business lessons that you've learned throughout your time as a small business owner, what would be one of the biggest things that you've learned along the way? For me, I would say being a small business owner is like the lonely, lonely existence at times because your friends don't know yeah, you know, where you're going to only other small business owners are just trying yourself for their community. But I would say for me, what helped me was being faith-based, my faith in God, because it's at night when you're alone in your thoughts and they give you pause. That's the time that you have to lean on your faith. Two, I would say for business owners, manage your expectations of your friends and family. I say that because you're going to have some that are going to be happy for you and you're going to be some that are not. And you're going to have something to tell you why you should, why you won't succeed, why you shouldn't. Who, who never done anything ever in their life. So you're going to be surprised by who supports you and who doesn't. Don't take it personally. That's just their orbit. That's where they are in their lives. Is there anything else you want to share? Just don't give up. Whatever it is, don't give up. There going to be some days you're going to be like, I can't do this. I can't work for federal government, you know, but don't give up because it is so worth it. And boom, where you are. People will see you grinding, getting it in, you know, whatever. If it's a small job, if it's a large job, whatever job it is as far as into my client, be great. Be great at it. Because someone is always watching you and like, okay, I'm going to need, when I need to do this, I'm going to call her. And that's how we've been successful. People reach out to me, hey, I saw you a year ago at this event and I really like what you did. Can you do this for us? And so, yeah, it's. Just don't give up. Don't give up. Just just hang in there. It is well worth it. It's not going to happen overnight. But bloom where you are and do the best, whatever it is, whatever job it is, or client, whatever it is, just be the best at it. And your dreams will come true. It, it will happen. It will happen. I love that. That's great advice. 
thanks again, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you again to WeWork. Veterans and Residents is a partnership of WeWork and Bunker Labs. Veterans and Residents is a six-month startup incubator and leadership program that provides veteran and military family members the community, business support, and a workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. To learn more about WeWork and the Veterans and Residents program, visit we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans. Find your tribe, create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. This podcast was created by the team at Mission. If you want to hear more from Mission, be sure to check out mission.org. There's nothing small about your business. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors are ready to give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel Core processors. Call 877 by dell to speak to an advisor today.